You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly. Your host is Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, Assistant Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. Breast cancer is a problem that younger women are facing more now than ever. And in that discussion and concern, we have reproductive age women possibly losing their fertility. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the advances in women's health. I'm your host, author, and Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, assistant professor of OBGYN at Northwestern University. And joining me is Dr. Clarissa Garcia, assistant professor of OBGYN at the University of Pennsylvania, member of the Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility Division. Welcome, Dr. Garcia. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So we were going to be talking today about reproductive age women and the impact that breast cancer has on their fertility. Can you comment specifically in that age group for that disease? What are your main concerns regarding their fertility? First, I'd like to mention that, you know, it is a major problem and over 40,000 reproductive age women have a diagnosis of breast cancer every year. So it is a big problem that affects many women in this country. You know, the therapies used to treat breast cancer include alkylating agent therapy, cyclophosphamide very commonly, which has been shown to impact fertility and lead to premature ovarian failure in many women with breast cancer. In younger patients with breast cancer, the mortality and morbidity of those patients seems to be worse due to the aggressiveness of chemotherapy that's used because their mortality rates are higher. Do you think that the change in chemotherapy for those patients are contributing to the increased concern of fertility issues? Yes, I think that, you know, the more aggressive cancer therapies, particularly with higher doses of alkylating agents, can potentially impact fertility greater in these women. In addition, many premenopausal women are placed on tamoxifen therapy, which can have an impact on menstrual cycles and fertility as well. When would you say it's safe for a woman to begin her childbearing after she received chemotherapy for breast cancer? Do you have any idea when that would be acceptable? Typically, oncologists recommend childbearing at least two years to five years after the diagnosis and treatment of breast cancer. Yeah, I think in our patient population, five years disease-free survival time is what's been said. Now, obviously, that can be very problematic for women who are in their mid to late 30s, early 40s. So how do you decide who should undergo fertility preservation and who should not? That's a great question. I think it can be quite challenging, and it really depends on a thorough discussion of all the issues with the patient herself. There are many issues with respect to fertility preservation in the breast cancer patient because just the idea of stimulating the ovaries potentially to undergo in vitro fertilization and either egg freezing or embryo-acquired preservation can raise estrogen levels, which can be a concern for these patients, especially those with estrogen receptor positive cancers. While we don't really know if a transient increase in estrogen levels has an impact in long-term prognosis of these patients. You know, it is a theoretic concern. So if you had this patient in your office and you were recommending therapy to her, what would you think is the best way to preserve her fertility? It really depends on her age. So if we're talking about a woman in her mid-30s, you know, it also depends whether she's married. If she has a partner and they've decided to have children together, that's the easiest scenario. The best chance of preserving a woman's fertility is through in vitro fertilization and embryo cryopreservation. Many of these women have surgery, either lumpectomy or mastectomy, and have a period of usually about a month before they start with chemotherapy and or radiation to the breast. So during that time, it is possible for a woman to undergo ovarian stimulation, 
retrieve the eggs and fertilize the eggs, obtain embryos, and have them frozen for later use. Do you feel that the processing of this could in a negative way impact the breast cancer therapies and cure result? It's possible. I don't think we know the answer to that. There's been a lot of interest in finding different protocols to stimulate the ovaries, either doing natural IVF without stimulating the ovaries or using medications like aromatase inhibitors and even tamoxifen to stimulate the ovaries while getting a lower estrogen level circulating the body to theoretically decrease that potential risk. But again, there's no good data. Even with traditional IVF, does that increase a woman's chance of having recurrence of tumor? It's really not known. In the discussion with these patients, do you take on any other team members other than the folks in reproductive endocrinology and oncology that may help you counsel this patient for their long-term risks and benefits when it regards to fertility preservation? Well, absolutely. We have a counselor in the office who's a psychologist who basically counsels these patients and finds out, kind of tries to review with them the risks and the benefits and how they feel about, you know, childbearing and so forth to see, really it depends on the patient, is she willing to take this unknown risk for the potential benefit of having a child down the road? Some women have children already. You know, for them, the risk-benefit ratio may be different. I've had patients come in, you know, with three previous children who always wanted a fourth, and then it just is talking to them. And, you know, after they hear about all of it, everything that's involved, basically, they say, well, you know what, for me, it's just not worth it. But other women who've never had a child and they're 38 with cancer treatment and so forth, they're going to be in their early 40s by the time they're finished with therapy and probably infertile at that time those women are most likely to agree to go through with IVF and embryo cryopreservation. Yeah, I definitely think a team effort is most important in addressing these women who are going to have issues regarding lifespan and parenting and concerns outside of the general generation of fertility preservation. Right. In the discussion of this fertility preservation, are there chemotherapeutic agents that can be used that may not affect fertility as much? Are those viable choices for these women? There are some trials that are ongoing looking to see if things like GnRH agonists alone can basically treat the cancer, estrogen receptor positive breast cancers. And so there are ongoing trials to assess whether those treatments are as effective as traditional chemotherapies. And I think there's a lot of promise in that by shutting down kind of a one's estrogen production and putting a woman in a menopausal state, perhaps those estrogen-sensitive tumors will actually now go away or be treated. What do you think about tamoxifen as a common medicine used for people post-chemotherapeutic therapy, whether or not that has an impact on fertility if someone resumes their normal cycling? Again, I think it's hard to know. There certainly are patients who become pregnant on tamoxifen, so it's recommended that they use birth control. Some women, about half of women who take tamoxifen, will resume cycling on tamoxifen itself. You know, it does affect the endometrium and potentially can create problems, and that can create problems. Someone will have an abnormal bleeding. But whether tamoxifen itself actually causes, contributes to infertility, I think is a little bit unclear. You're listening to Advances in Women's Health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lisa Mizzullo, and today I am speaking with Dr. Clarissa Garcia. Dr. Garcia, can you comment on the advent of other screening for these patients that may affect their fertility in addition to whether the ovaries can respond to medications? After therapy of... After chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. 
There are tests that we do traditionally for infertile patients, such as follicle-stimulating hormone on the second or third day of the menstrual cycle. We can give a medication called colomiphene citrate, which basically challenges the ovaries, and we check the FSH level at baseline and also on day 10. That can also be helpful in um, kind of determining what the patient's ovarian reserve or their kind of quantity of viable eggs are in their ovaries. In addition, more novel markers, inhibin B levels and anti-malarian hormone levels can also be used in addition to ultrasound measures of ovarian volume, antral follicle counts. Those things can help to give us an idea of how the ovaries are functioning and what the ovarian reserve is. We don't know. There actually are no long-term studies looking to see if these measures predict fertility rates and premature ovarian failure rates in cancer survivors. So while we use these in the infertility setting and feel that they might be useful, we really don't know how they reflect what will happen. Do you have any concern about the use of Clomid and other medications in an effort to pursue fertility after chemotherapy and, for example, a three- to five-year disease survival-free time in, in contributing to a recurrence of breast cancer? Again, there's always that concern that you, you know, how much are you going to push a woman? How many cycles of these medications, fertility medications, are you going to subject a woman to? It increases her estrogen level, and in the patient with an estrogen receptor positive tumor, that clearly is somewhat of a concern. So we never really know the answer to that. There is a theoretical risk of recurrence. And so we tend to be a little bit more aggressive in those patients and we use treatments such as in vitro fertilization after cancer therapy to maximize the chances of getting pregnant in a given cycle rather than putting a woman through cycle after cycle of Clomid, which it tends to be less effective. So put all your eggs in one basket and hope it works. Exactly. Are there specific concerns for the fetus or the offspring of these women as far as their general health or their fertility as children or adults? There's data from, in particular, childhood cancer survivors and breast cancer survivors as well that show that basically there's no increased risk of congenital abnormalities, malformations, in or genetic problems in babies born from cancer survivors. So that's very reassuring. We also have not seen an increase in cancer risk in these in the in the children as well. Do you think that women who are considering the fertility preservation should undergo genetic testing, for example, BRCA one and two? I think it really depends on the patient's family history. If the patient has a family history of breast cancer, I think it's definitely reasonable. You know, there are issues surrounding whether a woman wants to pass on a gene to her child, potentially a female child, to, you know, have early onset breast cancer as well. So I think that sometimes plays into the decision as to whether the patient wants to go through some of these fertility-preserving options. I've had patients with a really strong family histories of cancer who decide, who elect not to go through fertility preservation with their own gametes simply because they really don't want to perpetuate this cancer risk. Do you think that there is a possibility that if someone who was uh, genetically predisposed for breast cancer chose to preserve their fertility and then conceived, are we able with pregenetic egg implantation and testing, can we check and see if BRCA exists in that embryo? We can do that. We can do pre-implantation genetic diagnosis and potentially, yes, you can do that. There are issues surrounding, you know, pre-implantation genetic diagnosis, depending on when the patient, you know, how old the patient is when she has it done and so forth. It may change her pregnancy rate with IVF, but if that is something that she wants to do, it can be done.
Are there any other concerns that you have for this particularly reproductive age group of women who undergo breast cancer therapy with regards to fertility preservation? Well, patients always worry about potentially does pregnancy itself pose a risk to the breast cancer. And as far as we know, we have not found that the pregnancy itself increases the risk of recurrence. So that's also reassuring. And levels of estrogens and progesterones are high during pregnancy. So it's been difficult to figure out why it is. Perhaps these women are healthier and younger and so forth once if they decide to become pregnant. But patients should know that as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Garcia. It has been a very great pleasure talking to you today about the challenges facing young women with breast cancer and the amazing and wonderful new technologies that may be available for them for fertility preservation. I'm your host, author, and Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, Assistant Professor of OBGYN at Northwestern University. You have been listening to Advances on Women's Health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.